0: Oh, thank you for tuning in to the 89th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always. Whether you're listening via SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or WJCU Radio, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day. Got a great show. Got a great show planned for you. Going to have Danny Cunningham on. Um, he's a writer for the Score North. Uh, covers the Minnesota Temple Royals, but we're going to talk a lot of NBA. A lot of NBA. Uh, it's interview we had while the finals was going on, so it's gonna be a little different. Uh, but I think it still gets the point across. Going to talk about free agency, the Kevin Durant injury, uh it's just a lot of basketball, a lot of basketball. And I think it fits perfectly into as we're heading into which Sunday, I believe, biggest free agency in years. That's what everybody's saying, biggest free agency in years. And I want to start with that free agency. Want to start with that free agency, right? Uh, and and it's crazy to think. Uh, That LeBron James kind of changed it all in 2010. LeBron James leaving Cleveland, his hometown, Northeast Ohio, for the Miami Heat to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. They ended up going to four straight NBA finals, winning two straight, right? That summer of 2010, right? When LeBron went to Miami, it changed everything. And then Kevin Durant took it to a whole nother level. 2016, leaves the Oklahoma City Thunder, leaves Russell Westbrook, signs with the Golden State Warriors, a team that won 73 games and was in Game 7 of the NBA Finals that previous year. A team that beat Kevin Durant in the Western Conference Finals. Kevin Durant took it up another level. And I think possibly, and this is where a woes bomb comes in. A report from Adrian Wojnowski, the the Lakers, I don't know all the particulars, but the Lakers... They just traded a bunch of, uh, play a, a couple of players like uh, Mo Wagner and, and a couple other players that aren't coming to mind at the moment. And they got Anthony Davis to waive his trade kicker, which is $4 million, right? Uh, if he gets traded, he gets chose to keep this $4 million or not. He's going to waive it and give it to the Lakers. So that goes to their cap and these players that traded all the players away for cap space. And I believe the Lakers had like $24, 25000000 in cap space before all of this happened. And now they're going to have like 32. Now, the big difference between 25 and 32, max contract, big fish, big game hunting, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, that's the echelon, that's the, the territory we're talking about now when we get into the $30 million range. So, after we saw LeBron in 2010, Kevin Durant in 2016, Kawhi Leonard... In 2019, summer 2019, could take this up a whole nother level and team up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in Los Angeles? You have three top five players on the same team? Because let's be honest, who are the top five players in the NBA? Maybe AD is sixth or seventh, but arguably a top five talent because you have LeBron, right? Top five for sure. Kawhi's top five for sure. I think Kawhi is the best player in the NBA. You have a James Harden who I think is probably in the top five, a Giannis Antetokounmpo. We can't put Kevin Durant in there. Kevin Durant has an Achilles injury. I don't think Kevin Durant's a top five player right now. He's not. And then you can go Steph, AD, whoever. Top six. Top five, right? Arguably top five. You could have arguably three top five players on the same team. We thought it was unfair when LeBron went to Miami with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. We thought it was unfair when Kevin Durant went to Golden State with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. Just imagine. How unfair it would be with Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. This is the true example of, everybody knows this, think back to when you were in high school. You went to a public school, right? And that private school always recruited the best kids in football and basketball and baseball, right? And even lacrosse. Recruited all the best kids. All the kids that you grew up playing with in elementary school, little league, Pop Warner, middle school even a little bit in high school, freshman, sophomore year. They all leave for the private school and they all team up and they win state championships. This is coming to fruition in the NBA. And what's the craziest part about this? Kawhi Leonard is entertaining, leaving a team that just won the NBA championship think about that. Where are we? This is how much LeBron James has changed the game. How much LeBron James has changed the trajectory of the NBA. Because before LeBron James, let's talk about Kevin Durant. You would have never thought that a player of Kevin Durant's ilk would go to a 73, go to the best team in the league in the Warriors. A team that beat him in the postseason, the conference finals in a game seven. You would have never thought that. Kevin Renfield, felt comfortable doing it. Why? LeBron James. Pe- player empowerment. Player movement. Happiness. Kawhi Leonard. The Toronto Raptors were the second best team in the Eastern Conference. I believe they had the second best record in the actually they did have the second best record in the NBA behind the Milwaukee Bucks. Kawhi Leonard has an iconic game seven winning bounce off, bounce off the rim shot against the Philadelphia 76ers, wins four straight games, locking up Giannis Kumpo in the conference finals, the Eastern Conference Finals. Beats the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Even without Kevin Wright, they still beat them in six games. And to be honest, it wasn't really close. The Raptors could have swept the Warriors. Kawhi Leonard, finals MVP, great team, great young coach, right? Kyle Lowry. Marc Gasol, Pascal Siakam. A lot of great players, a lot of good role players. And it seems like Kawhi likes all of his teammates, his teammates like him. The city of Toronto embraces him, and they're in Toronto from their medical staff to the way they've handled Kawhi. They've done everything possible to make Kawhi happy. Kawhi's got in Car, Car Blanche in Toronto. And Toronto's a very great city, I live in Buffalo, very close to Toronto, right? Everybody in Buffalo wants to go party in Toronto. Everybody in Buffalo wants to go party in Toronto. They don't want to party in Cleveland, but they want to party in Toronto. That's a story for another day, though. And with all that, Kawhi is still taking meetings with the Clippers, who, while the Clippers are better organizationally, Doc Rivers, Jerry West, Lawrence Frank, Ballmer, as the owner, billionaire owner. The Clippers haven't done a damn thing in the last 20 years. Kawhi just won a championship. He's thinking about going to the Lakers. We were just talking about a couple weeks ago how dysfunctional the Lakers were. The New York Knicks, clown show with Dolan. The Brooklyn Nets, okay, they're nice, but we haven't seen anything in them years. The Philadelphia 76ers, okay, there are reports about that. He's thinking about leaving a champion as the best player, as a team that can repeat. Why? Because of happiness. LeBron James has forever changed the landscape of the NBA, and it's crazy. And it's absolutely crazy. And I can't wrap my mind around this. It's crazy. He's made to the point now we're talking about a guy like Kyrie Irving. Another guy. Kyrie Irving's comfortable saying, I'm going to lead the Boston Celtics, even though he's in a great situation in Boston. Kyrie Irving reportedly wants to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Both have young coaches, a young roster. The Celtics are just better, and they have a better GM and a better tradition. Yet Kyrie Irving wants to go to Brooklyn because it's home. It's where he feels more comfortable. And That started to supersede winning. It never did in the 90s and the 80s. It never did that. Never. Kevin Durant. We're talking about Kevin Durant leaving. The Golden State Warriors. The pristine NBA franchise, right? For the New York Knicks. I know we want to criticize what happened between Kevin Durant and the Warriors medical staff and if they protected him or not. But let's be real about this. The New York Knicks don't have the best... a uh, track record when it comes to uh, doing things the right way, <laughs> right? Because it's in New York. Knicks were in Milwaukee. Kevin Durant be like hell now. Be like hell now. Now, cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. I'm going to have Danny Cunningham on the show, writer right for the Score North. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barber Sports Talk Do we have Danny Cunningham with us He writes for the Score North How you doing, Danny? I'm
1: doing real well, Darryl How are you
0: doing man? I'm doing great Now, the first thing I want to talk to you about Is kind of sweeped up the basketball world A couple days ago Kevin Durant tears his Achilles uh, A lot's being talked about You know, Katie really want to play You know, what was going on with the Warriors Medical staff What's your opinion on the whole thing?
1: Is kind of botched it. I think that one of the responsibilities that the coaches and the medical staff and the front office and everyone involved there is uh, they have a responsibility to protect Kevin Durant from himself. I think it's fair to say that any player in a championship environment at that level is going to do everything they possibly can in order to get on the court or on the field or whatever in any sport. This isn't necessarily a basketball-specific thing. But I think that there's an obligation by the organization to protect Kevin Durant from himself and I'm not of the belief that the Warriors did that. I think that it's more likely than not that the initial injury was probably an Achilles injury rather than a calf strain that they said it was. So that was something that to, that, that hurt his perception because everyone thought that, oh, it's just the calf, why can't he come back? Because it, it, it looks like it wasn't fat. And I think that that was probably proven a little bit by the fact that he went out and he ruptured his Achilles tendon the other night. So... It was something that I think that the Warriors didn't do right by Durant. And I'm curious if if the decision still would have been the same had Durant not been a pending free agent.
0: Yes, that that is the really interesting that that is very interesting. Now here's what I also I wonder too, because like and and I think the injury like if this is right in the regular season, he's probably nowhere close to playing. If the Warriors are up three three one if the Warriors are up three one instead of being down three one, does he play in game five? No. It, so it, it seems to me you just put him out there and you're like, oh, he's, he's leaving anyway. I mean, he can help us win. And and here's, I guess, the part that I guess is a little bit more disturbing and I was thinking about this. And Joe Lakems, Bob Myers, I'm not saying the players Steph Curry and Draymond, but in Joe Lakems, Bob Myers, Steve Kerr's, and all their heads. If they end up, let's say, you know, that game five gave the Warriors that boost, they barely get past Toronto, they win game six and they win game seven, they get a three-peat and they get a third ring. You know what? I think, and I think sadly, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think, you know, they're content, you know, Katie tore his Achilles, ruptured his Achilles, but we got a third ring, and that's what we kind of needed to do. Do you think that? And
1: he was a big part of getting that that win in Game 5. They don't win that game without the production that they got from him. It was only 12 minutes that he played, but he was really good in those 12 minutes on the floor. He scored 11 points. He was 3 or 5 from the floor. And he hit all three three-pointers that he attempted. He was a big reason as to why they were able to build a lead, and then, yeah, obviously, Toronto came back and ended up making it a, and actually took a six-point lead with three minutes left. But there's no question that if he doesn't play, at least in my mind, that they're not in the position where when Toronto does go in that
0: fourth quarter run, Toronto up by more than six. And Katie kind of got sacrificed to help the Warriors live another day, which is kind of, which is sad. But also, and you know, this also gets into a bigger issue in sports. Like, right, we see the other guy, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard basically missed the whole season because he was like, you know, the Spurs doctors, they're telling me something, you know, and my, my body, I feel something different. Do, do you think, too, that the NBA might need to, you know, look into this, and everybody look into this in general in terms of organizations pushing players to play when they're not ready to play? Um, I don't know if there's
1: anything the NBA can do about it because it is something that it, it's on a case-by-case basis. It's not something that, Happens often. It's a. I think this is a rare occurrence. That it's incredibly unfortunate, but it is a a rare occurrence, Um, and it doesn't happen often. And if this were the regular season, though, Kevin Durant would have been nowhere near the sport. He probably would not have been in the arena on uh, on Monday night. He wouldn't have traveled with the team at this point because he's just not healthy. So, I I think that this is a very isolated incident, upsetting, but I don't think that the NBA needs to take action here.
0: Will Katie ever be the same? I don't know if he'll ever be the same. That's a
1: a very good question. It's an interesting question. I do think that it benefits Durant that he's not exactly the most explosive player in the world. He's uh, very smooth. If this would have happened to a guy like LeBron when LeBron was 30, I would have been more concerned, especially considering Kevin Durant is an elite-level shooter. So I think that Kevin Durant will, his days of being potentially the best basketball player in the world are over without question in my mind. I think when he does come back, he still has the potential to be a top 10 to 15 player in the world, even after tearing his Achilles, just because of so much of what he's able to do, I don't think is reliant on just pure explosion. Whereas if if it happens to other players, I think it would be a bigger deal. That being said, it's still something that's tough to come back from, and it's going to be a long road ahead for Kevin Durant.
0: And do you think, and you know, people are talking about whether he'd opt in, I guess, which is kind of weirdly enough. Do you think he'll opt in, or do you think he'll leave?
1: Um, I, I am of the, the opinion that Kevin Durant has played his last game for Golden State. I do think that this Achilles injury might complicate things a little bit. I think that uh, said, him opting into his contract and being paid $31 million to not play basketball, I'm not am do by the Warriors, is something that should be on the table just because it's, it's guaranteed money and that being said, I do think that there are probably three or four teams out there that have no worries that he tours Achilles and they're prepared to give him an excellent level contract anyway. And I think that that's something he's going to
0: have to make. Now I do want to talk to you about the series. What have been your thoughts of the series so far? You, who do you have who did you have winning to begin?
1: I picked the uh, so I kind of copped out. I had been on the Raptors all year, and then I picked the Warriors in six. Um, I had, For a long time, I had said that I felt the Raptors were the most likely non-Golden State Warriors champions. But the way that the Warriors looked against Portland and against Houston without Kevin Durant, I chickened out to actually the coming finals. But I've been very impressed with Toronto. Flywinner has been the best player in the series by far. Past and he has been up and down. He's been really good in three games that they've won. He's been not so good in the two games that they've lost. Kyle Lowry's given them a lot. I know his numbers might not reflect that, but he does a lot of little things that have been a big help for, for Toronto in this series. And outside of the end of Game 5, I think that Nick Nurse has done a terrific job coaching in the series as well for the Raptors.
0: Who do you have winning uh, Game 6?
1: I think the Raptors win Game 6. I think that this is a team that we haven't seen them get shook in the sense that nothing has really affected them. They've been hit with some pretty hard punches. They were down two games to nothing against the Milwaukee Bucks. They were down in the series against Philadelphia. They lost game one against Orlando. Nothing seems to shake this team. And I do think that Kawhi Leonard has wore off on them, in terms, or rubbed off on them, I should say, in terms of the way that their mentality is. And Part of the reason I have a belief in them for Game 6 is, one, they've already won three games at Oracle this year. they won the game in the regular season. they won two games in the series already in Oakland. And also, on Monday night, that was the worst loss in the career for most guys on the Raptors. But Kawhi Leonard is the most important player on that team, and that was not the worst loss in his career, because you can think back to when Ray Allen was on the Miami Heat and hit that shot in Game 6 that sent it into overtime. And then Miami rallied to win in overtime and won the finals in Game 7 two nights later. Take back to that. That was a far more demoralizing loss than the one the Raptors suffered. They still have
0: two chances. I think they get it done in Game 6 in Oakland. Okay, so right. the Warriors uh, do lose the series. Do you think we can still consider the Warriors a dynasty? Because I think, you know, for really the long stretch of this run, people have been saying, you know, how good are they? Are they better than uh, Michael Jordan's Bulls? Are they better than the Kobe Shaq Lakers? Showtime Lakers. Uh... But if they lose, you know that means they never three peated, which is something that a lot of those teams, uh, especially Michael Jordan's Bulls, which is something they did do, and you know they never had a stretch where you know they reeled off all those championships in a row. They won just two consecutively with Kevin Durant, who's now leaving. So can we still consider the Warriors that type of dynasty if they lose? I absolutely think uh, that we can. I, I do think
1: that a loss doesn't complicate them as a dynasty, but I think it complicates the legacy of. That core group of players, because if you think back to the first title, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving both were injured. Both, I mean, Kyrie broke his knee, and Kevin Love had a dislocated shoulder in the first round. Then you think back to 2016; they had an opportunity to not only cement themselves as the greatest team of all time with 73 wins and then winning the finals, but they also would have cemented that the fact that okay, we might have beaten or beaten up Cavs the team the year before. But we just beat a fully healthy Cavs team, so that make that would have made the 2015 title even more legit. But instead, they blew a three one lead, and then they called them Kevin Durant. So I think that this doesn't complicate them as a dynasty, but it complicates Steph Curry's legacy because you'll be looking at him as the only title he won without Kevin Durant was against a team that was severely injured, and he's been to five finals and has no Finals MVP And yeah that might be
0: meaningless to him, but historically, that's going to mean something. Yeah, and I want to go into more stuff into Steph. Where do you think that puts Steph in the pantheon, kind of? Because, and you mentioned that, you know, during that, I remember that 2016 season, there was a point in time where the uh, unanimous MVP season where everybody's like, is he better than LeBron? How good is Steph? I remember I was hearing people say, Steph Curry, he's a top 10 player ever. He's better than Kobe Bryant. Like, he's this good. And then you see what happens when they play the Cavs. They blow to that 3-1 lead. Then Durant comes, and Durant's clearly the best player on that team. So where do you think this puts Steph kind of like in the hierarchy of the all-time greats?
1: It, it is hard for me to assess all-time greatness until a career is done, or at least winding down, or has more accomplishments. Um, or, or essentially an era needs to end. Um, I do think that Steph is the greatest shooter the game's ever seen. I don't know where I rank him all time. It's probably outside of, it's definitely outside of my top three. Um, It's probably closer to number 10 than anything. Like, it's easier for me to rank LeBron where I'm of the belief that LeBron's the greatest player of all time. I don't think that there's ever been anyone better at basketball than him. Um, I I think that Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. I don't know where I put him in terms of just overall player because he does have some deficiencies in terms of defense and he doesn't take care of the ball particularly well despite how good of an offensive player he is and I I just I don't know exactly where to put him but it's probably in the uh the 7 to 12 range
0: what about against his contemporaries where do you think he were against his contemporaries
1: In, in terms of like right now where does he rank in the world
0: yeah yeah let's just say right now right now
1: I think right now Kawhi Leonard Leonard's the best player in the world, um, but I also do think there's a very legitimate chance that we're having a conversation next April about LeBron James being an MVP and then the the fact that, okay, maybe he's the best player again and maybe we all overreacted to him being hurt for a year. That's a very real possibility. Um, I think Steph's probably in the top five. I think that Kevin Durant is, but with that Achilles, we don't know what it's going to be for a little while now. So I would say somewhere in the top five, I don't know exactly where I think James Harden needs to be up there. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think he needs to do a little bit more in the playoffs for me. I'm not as high on him as others, and I think that developing a jump shot for him would be a a big thing in in terms of improving his game that he needs to do. But right now I've got Fly as the best. I, I still have LeBron in my top five. I've got Kevin Durant, probably James Harden, and Steph Curry as well.
0: Now you mentioned LeBron. I do want to talk about LeBron because he is with the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, and you do think you you think he's going to have a big season next year?
1: I think that he's going to be well rested for the first time in a very very long time. Uh, it's easy to forget that he hasn't like we're watching the first NBA Finals without him since 2010, and it is uh, June 12, 2019. And <laughs> this is only the, we've only seen five final games without him in this season. That, like it, it's ridiculous the run he went on. That's a lot of extra basketball. He's played like two extra seasons over the last eight years. So I do think that we're going to see a well-rested, healthy LeBron next year. He's going to have a lot to prove to some people.
0: How do you think the situation is going to stack out in L.A. with uh, him? uh, Jason, they got Jason Kidd on the staff. They got Frank Vogel. They got all the young kids who I guess are still kind of butthurt, I guess, about getting traded. you know. And now they're still talking about getting AD potentially. reports like that came out. How do you think the season is going to go with all those team dynamics?
1: Well, I mean, those young kids might not be there very long if the Lakers have their way. So, um, I I think that they're going to be improved. I do think that they're going to end up with Anthony Davis somehow, some way. Um, And then, obviously, they become a title contender with two of the probably seven or eight best players in the world on their team. They become the title contender without question. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how they will show the roster out around those two guys, but... They will be a, a very. Uh, I think that they're going to be a threat to the top of the Western Conference, especially if Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant won't
0: even be playing anyway. So yeah. And now people are also talking about you know the Celtics potentially getting in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Do you, you think the Lakers have a better uh, trade offer potentially? Right with Kuzma, Ball, uh, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram than a Tatum, uh, a Brown, or Rozier? No, I think the Celtics do have the better offer, but I think that the
1: Celtics also will be hesitant to make that better offer, in part because it's hard for me to envision Kyrie Irving returning. And if Kyrie Irving isn't returning, what's the point of offering up your entire young core of players for Anthony Davis? You don't become that much better losing Kyrie Irving and not replacing him, and then trading all of your other key pieces for Anthony Davis. It essentially becomes New Orleans 2.0 for Davis, and then he walks in a year. So I don't necessarily think it makes a whole ton of sense, but if you can get Anthony Davis and keep Kyrie Irving, then... Yeah, things would be great. But I, I, I think Kyrie is bound to play for someone else next season.
0: What do you think Kyrie's going to go if you were to bet money on it?
1: If I were to put money on it, I would say Kyrie Irving is going to be a Brooklyn Nets on opening night of 2019-2020. 2020.
0: And then where's KD going to go? New York?
1: I, I do think that Kevin Durant will be in New York. Or it, it would not surprise me if he's with the Nets. Um, the surgeon, Dr. Martin O'Malley, that did his surgery earlier today, he is the Nets team doctor, so if anyone's going to have, or team surgeon, excuse me, if anyone's going to have insight on it, just what it looked like, the Nets are going to be a team, along with the Warriors, that know exactly what's going on inside of Kevin Durant's Achilles, and that's something that does matter. Um, I think that it, it, I'm, I'm torn between the Knicks and the Nets. I don't think he stays in Golden State, but the Nets are a very real possibility, in my opinion.
0: And Kawhi. Kawhi's staying with the Raptors, right?
1: I think if they win one of the next two games, Kawhi Leonard stays with the Raptors. If they lose both of the next two games, I think
0: Kawhi Leonard will be on the Clippers. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> that, how crazy is that that we've gotten to the point of the NBA now where uh, you could have the type of run he's had with the Davids like, you know, you're this close to winning the championship, you're like, ah, yeah, you know, I don't really like it here. <laughs> hey,
1: hey man, it's the uh, it's the. Player empowerment era. That's that's what it is. Uh, it's something that LeBron really started back in 2010 with the decision. It is the uh, the era where players are deciding their own futures. They're taking their own futures in their own hands, and I certainly can't have a problem with that.
0: Now, Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. So the seventy, you think 76ers will try to keep both of those guys? I do think that they'll try to keep both of them. I think the, the Jimmy
1: Butler, uh, Jimmy Butler is contingent on what happens a couple other places. I think. I think Tobias Harris is. Much more likely to be returning to Philadelphia, but I think that if the Nets strike out on either Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, they'll make a play for Jimmy Butler. If the Clippers strike out on Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, they'll make a play for Jimmy Butler. Same thing with the Knicks. But I think that Jimmy Butler is probably that second-tier free agent, so it's going to be able, to,
0: it's going to uh, take a little bit of time to figure out what's going to happen with them. And actually, I do want to go back to Kawhi. If Kawhi does resign. Do you think it's going to be a one and one, or do you think he's going to sign a long term deal? Because I'm under the impression to be a one and one.
1: I honestly have no idea what Kawhi Leonard will do in terms of the number of years on a contract. I, I can't fairly answer that question. I, I really have no clue if he's more apt to go the one and one route that we saw LeBron and Kevin Durant, or if he's willing to sign a long term deal with the Raptors. I have zero
0: clue. Oh no, I would just say in terms of he would stay with the Raptors because I feel like even if they did win a championship, he would still in the back of his mind, be looking at L.A. and it kind of just be a a year-by-year year thing.
1: I mean, it very well could be. Um, I think that the Raptors are a team that, in my opinion, could be a player for Anthony Davis, depending on Kawhi Leonard. I think that if they've got a package that they could put together to get Anthony Davis to Toronto to play with Kawhi Leonard, but it's one contingent on Kawhi Leonard staying and two Probably maybe getting a commitment from Anthony Davis, but they have the pieces to get it done if they really wanted to do it.
0: And okay, now that's interesting. You think that would be the best deal that New Orleans can get? Like, you think that's better than both Boston and LA? I think Boston has the best deal um, because I do think
1: Jason Kaden's going to be, be very good. I think Jalen Brown's going to be very good. Uh, they've got a number of first round draft picks that New Orleans could either use or flip into something else. Uh, Marcus Smart is a solid basketball player, so. I think that Boston can still offer the best package. If, if Toronto offers packages, package, it's centered around Pat South Yacom. Norman Powell would be in there. Um, there would be some other ancillary pieces, but I, I think that the Boston Celtics could offer the best possible package. I'm just wary of whether or not they actually do that.
0: Now, my last question for you is, uh, the first time you came on the show, we talked about uh, how Game of Zones should use... Uh, the Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins uh, fiasco where Jimmy Butler beat him. And it turns out they used him. Yeah. What did you think of the Game of Zones with uh, Jimmy Butler? Um, it, it
1: was funny. I think the guys at the Game of Zones do a great job. I, I, I thought that uh, the Toronto Raptors one where they trade for Kawhi, I thought that one was my favorite this season. They uh, Those guys do a great job over at for It's really awesome content.
0: Yeah, my, my favorite one with the Jimmy Butler one was. Uh, I guess he, liked, he took Wiggins heart and he came up with the tips and he was like, I lost my heart. And then somebody else was like, don't worry, you don't have one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was, it was definitely
0: funny. That, I love gaming. Danny, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it.
1: You got it anytime,
0: bro. Now, come kind of up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We are going to do one of my new segments and one of my favorite NBA segments. And it's apropos because free agency is going on. Uh, all these anonymous sources, all these reporters talking about sources. So we're gonna do expose that source. My best guess of who that source is near you. Won't wanna miss it. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host. Daryl Lane, I again, I want to thank uh, Danny uh, Danny Cunningham, uh, right for the Score North, for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Uh appreciate him spending time. Oh, love his expertise. Loves basketball. Loves the NBA. So great conversation. Great to have him on the show. I will say this. I do disagree with him about LeBron James being the best basketball player of all time. And I disagree with Steph Curry being between 7th and 12th range of all time. But, you know, those are semantics. Don't need to get too much into that. Maybe I'll do another podcast about that NBA history. Something with uh, Jason. Or maybe i have Danny come on again. We'll we, <laughs> argue with Danny about those two things. Uh, it would be really interesting, though. top an NBA list. Really interesting. Something to uh, look out for in the future. But here's what I want to do, right? Uh, it's the summer. And a lot of things that I see in the summer uh, from people I knew... Uh, High school, uh, even people I know from college, everybody, a lot of people my age, a lot of them are getting mics and they're not do- doing podcasts like me and radio. What they are doing, you know, or uh, streaming or videos, uh what they are doing though is they are uh recording rap songs. We have a lot of rappers out there, uh a little bit of the music you just heard as the intro, that's from Eric Serminar. Uh, EC, I believe his Twitter name, Twitter handle is EC Breezy. If you want to listen to him, I like Eric. Uh, wrestled with him in high school a little bit. Went to the same club. Uh, his older brother was a um, All-American Red Division I wrestler. So, so, I know Eric, and Eric's pretty good. And and Eric's doing a lot of good stuff. I think he was on a tour for the Juice World or something like that. So Eric's doing a lot of good things. Uh but there's a bunch of other rappers I know. Another rapper that I've always, I've had a couple times, a friend of mine. TQS, a.k.a. Taekwon Warren, a couple others that I went to high school with, uh, uh, somebody else that I know from college just dropped an album. There's a lot of people trying to be rappers. And here's what I'm going to say. People are doing diss tracks, here's what I'm going to say. When am I going to get the name drop? When am I going to get the name drop? I think I have friends. I think people like me. I think people know I would love to have my name dropped. I guarantee you, Drake is going to, when, when, whatever Drake is releasing his new album, if he's already released it, Drake's going to drop Kawhi Leonard's name, right? He's probably going to say, running through the six with Kawhi. <laughs> running through the six with Kawhi. We ball it in Toronto till we die. That was not good. That's why I'm not a rapper. But, you know, something like that. Like, you know. I'm on the pod, I'm on the pod with Daryl Lane the God, even though he's kind of odd, but he cleans like Alex shod, Okay, nah. Uh, that was actually a good one. Uh, shout out to Alex. No, no, no. No malice there. somebody I work with uh, at a restaurant. Giancarlo's. We dishwash together. Uh, well, we, at least we used to. Alex was kind of like a clean freak. Loved to clean. Still loves to clean. Uh, See him scrubbing stuff outside all the time. Uh, but I, I I just want a name drop. I, I just want somebody to give me a little name drop. You know, just say something about Daryl Lane, a little a little clever, something, you know, something cute. You know, something that I'll get people talking about. Uh, so so I can play the song for people. I can play for my mom, my dad, my grandma. Right? Right? I, I mean, is that too much to ask for? Too much to ask for? And speaking of um, name drops, uh, actually coming up next segment, I'm going to... Uh, Another funny thing about work-related, uh, I'll probably get into that later in the show if we have time. I'm still, I'm still begrudgingly wondering if I want to do it. Also, I do want to say this though before we do get to, uh, talking about anonymous sources, right, in uh, sourcing and reporting, uh, right, and you know, kind of good segue, uh, going from name drops to, uh, actually trying to drop the names who are feeding these reporters information, right? Uh, after the Toronto Raptors, I just have to say this, um. For all of you who don't know, and I will always keep saying this is going to be a st- uh, staple of the podcast, me and a group of friends, we did do a uh, March Madness pool. Uh, I did it with uh, people, a couple of them have come on the show. Uh, Connell Krayback, really golf, big golf fan. Uh, Amy Morris, who's a, a budding track star. I love Amy. And Amy's the topic of this conversation because uh, right when the Raptors uh, won the championship, I, I always post on my Snapchat, right? Uh, Sports stuff. I just post sports stuff. And it was something that Michael Jordan is better than LeBron. And then I, I, I was messing with Amy. And this is how it got to the mess. And I want to read this. And then I started talking about, no, no, who's the best player in the NBA. And she's like, if you don't answer the right person, I'm going to be so mad at you. That's what Amy said. And I said, what? It's Kawhi. And now I was trolling her, of course, because she's from the, Cle- you know, northeast Ohio. Cleveland area, right? So, of course, I'm trolling. But I am serious. I do think Kawhi is the best player in the NBA right now. Uh, but then she's like, who's Kawhi? And I was like, no, because I was like, so you don't know who Kawhi is? And then she's like, is he the Raptors' main person? I don't know. He was good. I haven't heard of him before the finals because I don't pay attention. And then I was like, Amy. And then before this, like, Amy, you're talking about Kawhi, right? And she's like, I don't know who he is. And then I I just take a breath uh, of relax because my dad always tells me I know nothing about basketball, right? My, my dad's uh, notorious for saying that I don't know anything about basketball because I was a wrestler and a football player. Uh, still am a wrestler. Uh, so, my dad always likes to say that. And maybe I don't know anything about basketball because Amy beat me in our March Madness pool. We did a March Madness uh, mini-tournament uh, in March, right? Uh, and Amy beat me and everybody else. And Amy always brags me she knows more sports about me, especially knows more basketball about me. So maybe I don't know basketball. But maybe I know reporting and I know sourcing. And that's a decent, no, not as good as a support. But, and that gets us to our next segment name that source uncovering the anonymous sources reporters use and that anonymous source who might be near you and now for our first story we have clay thompson potentially leaving the golden state warriors sam emick of the athletic reported thursday the door for thompson to leave the dubs has been left open ever so slightly he says with the los angeles clippers the main threat to sign him on the open market now here's my guess who this is and i, and I don't know his exact name i didn't look it up maybe i should have uh, i'm going to say clay thompson's agent and here's where i'm going to say this clay thompson tore his acl in the nba finals uh clay thompson has been a warrior for his whole career as the one of the original splash brothers with and Steph curry he's won four uh three championships with the golden state warriors has been part of their run when they went to five straight finals. He's been there since the Mark Jackson. Days. He's been there since the beginning, right? And you, we, we know, and we, we've heard this from multiple people. Uh, it's not just Sam Epic, it, it's, it's multiple people. Uh You've heard from Stephen A. Whoa, everybody's been reporting this, and everybody in NBA circles has been talking about this. If the Warriors try to lowball Klay Thompson, Klay Thompson, these people going to look around. If the Warriors come... Opening night of free agency, as soon as the clock strikes midnight or a little bit before I think this year, right, Uh, and the Warriors don't come with the full max that they can allot to Klay Thompson, Klay Thompson will look around and a team that he will think about is the Los Angeles Clippers. Doc Rivers, Ballmer, Frank Lawrence, Jerry West, come on now. So I think this is coming from Klay Thompson's agent. I think it's a little bit of a scare tactic, using the media's a little bit of a scare tactic to let the Warriors know. If you do not come and back up the Brinks trucks opening day of free agency, you might lose Klay Thompson. Second report, the Philadelphia 76ers are open to a signing trade with Jimmy Butler? This is from Sam Emmick again. He says it's looking likely the Philadelphia 76ers will be willing to part with all-star for Jimmy Butler if they are unable to re-sign him in free agency. Potentially teams looking like that we're looking at Rockets, Clippers, etc. Right? Here's what I'm going to say. This is either coming from, I'm going to say they're going F2, Jimmy Butler's agent, or Philadelphia 76ers GM Elton Brand. Now here's why I think it could potentially be those two. First of all, th- th- this is sounding like kind of like maybe like Jimmy Butler's been looking around and maybe his agent wants to put out there to other teams, you know, so they feel more free even if they don't have the cap space to come up and talk to him, even like a Houston Rockets, right? So they come up and talk to him, you know, more meetings, et cetera, et cetera, right? That you can get him because I'd be willing to come for a sign and trade and we can make that work. Or I think it's out to Brandon and them in the 76ers for an office. They're just reading the wall. Jimmy Butler is not coming back and listen, we're open for business because it, it's just but it's simply business. Uh, third report. Kimball Walker and the Charlotte Hornets at a contract stalemate? Celtics seen as favorites. Adrian Wojanowski being reported on Thursday. After Sham, Sereni of the stadium and The Athletic noted, Walker and the Hornets have reached a stalemate in their extension talks, creating an opportunity for the Celtics and New York Knicks and Mavericks to potentially sign the three-time All-Star. But the report I do want to focus on, I don't want to necessarily focus on the other teams, I want to focus on contract uh, negotiations stalling with... uh, the Hornets. I want to talk about that. Where that report is coming from and potentially Kemba and Boston. Because right now, that's the hot team everybody's talking about. Kemba to Boston. Kemba to Boston. I'm going to say this is Michael Jordan. We all know. And this is something else. I, I've heard Stephen A. Smith say this multiple times on first take. And I'm assuming this is coming from, from Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is just letting it be known to people throughout NBA circles. I am not going to give Kemba Walker the max. If our team is not winning. Because I'm not going to pay all that damn money for our team to miss the playoffs. That's the way Michael Jordan is. Six for six at NBA championships. Arguably the greatest player ever. In my opinion, he's the greatest player ever. Ask Danny. Then probably say something else. But, <laughs> he's not here for it. He's, he's not going to pay all that money. People say Michael Jordan's notoriously cheap. Adrian Wojnarowski has a lot of connections. He probably talks to a lot of owners. Michael Jordan's one of probably the most... Recognizable owners. The I mean, it's probably not Michael Jordan. Probably attends multiple basketball camps. Michael Jordan's not the hardest owner to get probably get a hold of because he's so involved in basketball. You you know, right? So that's who I have it as that source. Number four, Demarcus Cousins rumors. Knicks considering one-year contract offer. This is from Mark Stein of the New York Times, reportedly saying. The Knicks are weighing the prospect of extending a considerable one-year offer to the veteran center, DeMarcus Cousins. I'm going to say this is from Knicks GM, Steve Mills, or it could be another New York high up New York Knicks executive. And the reason I have this for is, first of all, Mark Stein, let's look at where he works, the New York Times, right? A New York uh, newspaper, New York organization, right? He is probably, since he is the lead NBA reporter there, uh, he's probably getting fed a lot of information. Oh, owner on down, owner on down from Steve Mills, to, you know, the coach. He's probably getting fed a lot of information. Steve Mills will be in the know. Steve Mills, probably what he's saying is, you know, if we don't get Kevin Durant, we don't get Kyrie Irving, we don't get the big fish, we will offer a big one-year contract to DeMarcus Cousins. That's our contingency plan. That's our option. And now we look at fifth. The fifth report. Rockets trade rumors. Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon shopped individually? This is coming from Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe of ESPN. Now, the report here is that the Houston Rockets are shopping Clint Capella, uh, Eric Gordon, and PJ Tucker, and they're looking for one of those guys to fetch them the best available first-round pick that they would then flip into Jimmy Butler in a sign-and-trade. Uh, here's where I'm going to say uh, when we look at this. Uh, Woj and Lo, both Adrian Wojtunowski and Zach Love, two very credentialed reporters, especially Adrian Wojtunowski, two guys that are, you know, have a p- very, very plugged in around the league. I mean, Woj knows everything. We all, for God's sake, call the freaking Woj bomb. I led, I led the show with the Woj bomb, saying a Woj bomb, you know? That's how you know he's plugged in. Probably besides Adrian, Adrian Wojtunowski and Adam Schefter, probably the two best sports reporters in the business right now, and it's probably not even close. Uh... So anything they say, you know, I usually listen and I take pause on it. Now, here's where I think this is probably coming from. Uh, we all know Daryl Morey. There's been a lot of reports about Daryl Morey, the Rockets organization, from top to bottom being aggressive. Jimmy Butler has been mentioned a couple times. He was mentioned in the beginning of the year. Uh, I believe the Rockets are talking about getting first, uh, four first-round uh, draft picks to them, future first-round draft picks. And there was a lot of stuff going on. The deal didn't end up happening. The Minnesota Timberwolves traded Jimmy Butler to the Houston, uh, to the, uh, Philadelphia up 76 instead of the Houston Rockets. I am to say this come from Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey has friends around the league. Daryl Morey does a lot of media interviews and talks to a lot of people. I believe he's been on ESPN a couple of times. It's not off the wrong possibility. that you know, whoa, he's talking to, you know, and Daryl Morey's telling him, you know, listen, to, I think this is what we're trying to do here. Also, here's another way, uh, another source suggesting Coming from teams around the league. There have been so many reports about how aggressive the Rockets have been. I'm pretty sure other GMs, other executives are telling other people, listen, the Rockets are offering so-and-so-and-so. So that's something to take into account. And those are my guess for the sources who these reporters are using. The anonymous source that you don't know and probably will never know. Next door to you. Now come next next the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. I'm going to ask you a simple question. It's kind of complicated, but it's a simple question that will take a complicated answer. Cut them next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. back with barbershop sports talk and like i said there's a question and it's a simple question with a complicated answer We're going to talk about that towards the end of the show and i think it's a really interesting question i don't know uh but, but it's a question i do want to ask because i think it's something important that we all need to consider it's my question to all of you before i leave uh but here's where i do want to go right um uh, i'm gonna talk hockey uh A little bit of hockey, at least. Uh, Mr. Abel, uh, one of my biggest critics of the Barbershop Sports Talk podcast, wants to know why we don't talk more hockey. Now, Mr. Abel's ever, if you're listening Mr. Abel, if you ever want to stop calling me out on Facebook and call me, I can tell you why. I can tell you. And I always offer for Mr. Abel to come on the show, by the way. I always offer for him to come on the show. But here's a little bit of a twist with hockey, you know. uh, Nobody tune off when I'm talking about this, right? Uh, Okay. Here's what I have to say. Uh, St. Louis Blues beat uh, the Boston Bruins. And, you know, my biggest takeaway from the Stanley Cup, right, from that going, and it's because when I was at work, everybody's talking about, because everybody's like, Daryl, who do you want to win? Who do you want to win Stanley Cup, right? Uh, and I'm just like, Boston. I want, I want the Bruins to win. And everyone's like, Daryl, you're from Buffalo. how, Why do you want the Bruins to win? And you want to know why I wanted the Bruins to win? They did not win the St. Louis Blues won. Congratulations to them, by the way. It's because... I love greatness, and I also think, and here's the thing, I was talking about this, everybody hates Boston sports, and this is the really bigger issue I want to talk about, everybody hates Boston sports, it's kind of like how in the NBA, everybody hates the Warriors, everybody hates the Lakers, because they win all the time, like, Boston, it doesn't get much better sports-wise than Boston, like, I'm just going to name you the four major teams, that four uh, four of the major sports, right, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, Uh, their hockey team, Boston Bruins, historically great franchise. Boston Celtics, historically great franchise. Boston Red Sox, historically great franchise. New England Patriots, historically great franchise. If I just mentioned all four of those teams, you would all know who those teams are. No matter if you follow any of those sports or not, right? That's part of what makes Boston special. They're so good. We love to hate them. That's why I think we need Boston sports. That's why I think it's great when they win and occasionally when they lose. You do realize if the Boston Bruins won this year, I think they would have been the only uh, ever city to win three championships within a year. The Boston the Boston Red Sox won the World Series this year. New England Patriots won the uh, won the Super Bowl. And the Boston Bruins could have won the Stanley Cup, right? And the worst team, the Boston Celtics, they went out in the second round. That's your worst team. I'm from Buffalo. I'm a Buffalo sports team. I wish the Bills and the Sabres. Get to the second round, right? Where's the Buffalo Bills to get to the divisional round? Yo, that's never happened. That hasn't happened in my lifetime. And the worst team in the city did that this year. The worst team. And we were all talking about the Boston Celtics should win a championship. Should compete for a championship. That's how crazy it is in Boston. That's how crazy it is. Like I said, they win. They're the model franchises. You know, there's a bit of arrogance. Boston fans think they're better. And I don't take pleasure in saying It's like i root for Boston. Right? People are going to say, Daryl, you root for Boston? What are you talking about? Uh, Dad, Uncle Dave, both Bills fans going to be like, why are you doing this? And I'm going to say, I don't take pleasure in saying this. I don't particularly like Boston. I appreciate them because they're great. And at my heart, for from Buffalo, from anything, anything, I appreciate greatness. I appreciate people that are successful. And that's what I appreciate. Because I think that's something we should all try to emulate, right? And try to replicate and duplicate But I don't take any pleasure in saying, you know, uh, what I say, root for Boston. It's because, you know, the brand, it's mainstream. It's winning. It's a winning brand. The best brand is winning. (laughs) The best brand is winning. And Boston has built that brand better than anybody, any city in professional sports. And I don't take pleasure in saying this again. Like, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Buffalo Bills fans hate New England Patriots fans, divisional rivals. Let's go to hockey. Buffalo Sabres fans hate Boston Bruins. Hate the Boston Bruins. Let's go to baseball. I'm from New York, I'm uh, like from the city of New York, right? Uh, Buffalo's in the state of New York. New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox. Arguably the best rivalry in sports. Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, right? A lot of history behind that. I'm also in basketball. I'm more, I'm a Los Angeles Lakers fan. I'm not uh, we'll get into that later. But I'm a, I'm a, I am consider myself a Lakers fan. Kobe Bryant was the first athlete. Got me involved in basketball. Got me involved in sports. Kobe Bryant's my favorite athlete of all time. So I guess I can kind of consider myself a Los Angeles Lakers fan. And the Boston Celtics of the Los Angeles Lakers hated rival. So I don't take any pleasure in saying this. I don't scream this stuff from the rooftop. It's just I appreciate greatness. I appreciate Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I appreciate Bill Russell and Larry Bird. I appreciate... Mookie Betts. I appreciate. I appreciate that. I appreciate greatness. I appreciate success. Now, Kevin Durant. Like we said, I want to segue now, uh, and I just want to say this too, because I want to get this off my shit, Because everybody's Chris, I mean, Daryl. Why are you rooting for ball? Like. Appreciate this, man. Like, this is special. And if your city was this good, you would love it. I go to school in Cleveland. You know how, everybody Cleve- how people in Cleveland would die for that type of success. People in Cleveland didn't know what to do with themselves if the Cavs won one championship. They didn't know what to do with themselves. I talk to this with friends from Buffalo all the time. If the Bills or Sabres ever win a Stanley Cup or a Super Bowl, people call it off work the next week. There's going to be riots in the city. Boston's like, yeah, we're used to it. Just another cup. Just another ring. Just another Super Bowl trophy business as usual, right? Now, I do want to talk about this. Kevin Durant, and I made a remark last episode, Kevin Durant died. The Kevin Durant we knew and loved died, and here's how I want to explain this, how he died. Obviously, in the, in the medical sense, in terms of uh, his Achilles as a basketball player. Now, I apologize to the people here that don't like the gospel, that have never been in a black church, that, that you know, I I apologize, but I'm gonna give a little sermon about how Kevin Durant died. Cue the music. Everything was going well. Scoring points in the first quarter was playing well. Then tragedy struck me, Toya Achilles. Man, at this funeral, I gotta say this. KD, we loved you, KD, I remember KD. When you torched Patrick Beverley in the first round and you told Pat Bev. You know who I am. He said, you know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. I am Kevin freaking Durant. You know who I am, LeBron. I'm shooting three-point shots in your face in the NBA Finals. Even though I'm crewed up and I have the way better team. Y'all know who I am. Russell Westbrook, you know who I am. That's why I want without you. I ain't need you. Steph y'all know who I was. That's why y'all could have win without me. You lost to LeBron when I wasn't there. And you lost to Kawhi when I wasn't there. Y'all need me. Y'all need me. And I ain't never going to be the same. He ain't never going to be the same. Kevin Durant ain't never going to be the same. The Lord took a good one too. So All Kevin Durant was doing was trying to play basketball. That's all he was trying to do. Love of the game. Like Michael Jordan. Love of the game, Gloss. KD just loved the game. He just liked the hoop. He like to go to Ruckus Park and drop 50 young folks. We're going to miss you, Kevin. We're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. And maybe this is how it's going to be at the service. Now, if it finds out, and this is another upbeat church song, right, we got for you. Kevin Durant rises again. He comes back to life. Okay, now we're going to get into a happy sermon. Kevin Durant, he's back! 2022! He tore his Achilles! He tore, but he rose again! He ain't just a top 10, top 15 player, he top 3! He told Pat Bev at one point in time in his life, Y'all know who I am! I am Kevin freaking Durant! I am the best basketball player on this planet! I am better than Kawhi Leonard! I am better than LeBron James! Kevin Durant's back to that level. He's dropping 30 on people. He's still a protector of the rim. Oh, my God. This is a glorious day. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my God. KD rose from the grave. KD's back. KD's back to save us all. He's going to save the Knicks. He's going to get Dolan that championship. He's going to get those New York Knicks fans that have been starving for years. That championship. He's he going to do it. Kevin Durant going to do it. He told Pat Bev he'd be back, he told Steph, he told Bob Myers he'd be back and he rose again. That Achilles ain't do nothing to Kevin Durant. It ain't do nothing. He's Dominique times two with the recovery. Oh, Lord. And here is the most likeliest scenario. This is the last sermon, the most likeliest one. And this song is apropos. The most likeliest scenario for Kevin Durant. But it's sad. Kevin Durant! He sacrificed himself. The Warriors sacrificed him. He died. You know they said Jesus died on the cross for our sins, right? Kevin and Red died on the cross, and the Warriors still ain't win. They still ain't win. The Warriors tried to sacrifice Kevin. And Kevin Durant's like, man, I love the game. Like him, they said I love the game, clause. I have an Achilles injury. The calf injury was a lie. I'm playing. I'm doing good. I'm cooking. I'm grooving. And you want to know what? I tore my Achilles. I told Steph, "of them Get it, get it done for me, bro." In Game Six, Steph, get it done. And Kawhi said, "Not today, not today. We taking that. We taking the championship back to Toronto. We taking it to Canada." Kevin Durant died, and it wasn't even worth it. He sacrificed himself for an unworthy cause. There's no benefit to the fact that he sacrificed himself. He sacrificed himself so the Warriors could get one more game. In their arena. An Oracle. Before they move to San Fran. That's what I gotta say in this sermon. That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. Hope everybody. <laughs> Hope everybody appreciate that little sermon. Now, cut him next. After the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. I'm going to ask a question. Like I said. That's a simple question to ask, but a complicated one to answer. Cut them next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. I'm on my hustle like I'm
1: Russell. My ambition really crazy. About to rock it like my Grady. There's someone to stop me. Oh, it's clutch time in the fourth. I pour forth inside a glass. Fade away like I'm Nash. I hit the clutch and I'm gone. I do this all on my own. I float, I stay like a bee. pay to Raleigh. I put the
0: oh we're back with barbershop sports look again uh hope everybody appreciated and uh, enjoyed that little sermon just a little fun just a little joking uh nothing too serious right just a little change of pace and something interesting i thought to do right just talking about how kevin durant died you know the emotions you know if he rises again you know kind of a happy tone you know like a little amazing grace a little sad you know we lost this great basketball player and the truth you know, Kevin Durant, you know, uh, hypothetical. I mean, I'm um, just compare. you know, he, he died and he, he he died for the greater cause, but the cause didn't end up in the result that they wanted. So it was just kind of, you know, interesting thing. Get the point across. I uh, thought it was funny. thought it was a quick change of pace. Hope everybody appreciated and enjoyed that. Now, here is the big question I want answered. Here's what I'm going to say. Be careful about assuming the Los Angeles Lakers will win a championship because right now they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Here's what I'm going to... And they're both... You can say the Daryl, they're both two top five players, but here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you a question about Anthony Davis. Is Anthony Davis closer to being Tim Duncan or Dwight Howard? You might say, oh my God, Daryl, Dwight Howard's a clown, Dwight Howard's a clown. Do people remember how good Dwight Howard was in his prime? He was like... 22-15, and 15, one of the, the best defensive player in the league. And he got the Orlando Magic to an NBA Finals. He beat LeBron James. LeBron, during LeBron James' first MVP season. Beat the Boston Celtics in the second round. Went to another conference finals. And he didn't have stars around him. He had Hiru Turlou and Jameer Nelson. Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, Drew Holiday, DeMarcus Cousins—better talent. Now the now the West was tougher than the East. I'm not going to say it's not. Dwight Howard had more post success in his prime. But Dwight Howard was a top five player, just like Anthony Davis's. And Dwight Howard goes to Los Angeles, goes with Kobe. And do they win? No. Dwight Howard blows out his back. Kobe issues. Kobe goes sideways. All I'm saying is. We think Anthony Davis is going to be the cure-all, fix-all for the Lakers' problems. But let's just wait and see. And that's something also I will dive into more next week. We want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Thank you for listening to this on WJCU. You can check me out if you want to subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, any podcasting app, any podcasting source, I'm probably on it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Barbershop Sports Talk, episode 89, and have a great day. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.